Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of October 15th through October 21st, 2012. Vulnerability activity increased for the period primarily due to the large Oracle critical patch updates for October 2012. Oracle's critical patch update addressed 109 vulnerabilities in multiple Oracle products, and the Oracle Java SE critical patch update addressed 30 vulnerabilities in Oracle Java. Functional exploit code and proof-of-concept exploit code are publicly available for several of the vulnerabilities addressed in these updates. One significant vulnerability that was not addressed in the Oracle Java update is the Oracle Java SE Java Sandbox Remote Security Bypass vulnerability, which is actively being exploited. On a related note, Apple released Java updates for multiple Mac OS X versions, bringing Apple Java software current with the Oracle Java update. Apple users who update to these latest versions will need to download Java softwares from Oracle for future Java updates. Adobe has released Reader and Acrobat uh, 11, which includes multiple enhanced security features, uh, including enhanced sandboxing, forced address space layout randomization, and elliptic curve cryptography for digital signatures. As these products continue to be frequently targeted by criminals, all users are advised to update to Reader and um, Acrobat 11. Metasploit reported a zero-day vulnerability in Novell Zenworks Asset Manager web console that can allow for information disclosure. Metasploit has also released exploit modules for the Metasploit framework for the vulnerability. US CERT has released an advisory, but Novell has not yet responded to the reports. Multiple vulnerabilities were reported in OpenStack Keystone. OpenStack is a cloud service project uh, supported by many of the major software vendors, including Cisco. These vulnerabilities uh, could allow unauthorized access to the target system. Infrastructure as a service cloud customers may be impacted by these vulnerabilities and should coordinate with their cloud service providers. Distributed denial of service attacks against U.S. banks continued with HSBC, BB&T, and Capital One being impacted by the attacks. The attackers continue to use the same methods, and organizations can find additional technical information on these attacks and mitigation methods in an applied mitigation bulletin and Cisco event response to the attacks, both of which are available on the Cisco Security Intelligence Operations Portal. Spam activity highlights include the modification of the airline's e-ticket spam, which previously was appearing to be from Delta Airlines, but is now appearing, appearing to be from British Airlines. And as should be expected, criminals are attempting to exploit the current U.S. political campaigns and upcoming elections. The most prominent of these spam campaigns are email messages that appear to be from CNN and lead to black hole infected websites. During this election period, users are advised to use bookmarked and trusted websites and not follow hyperlinks included in email messages or advertisements. And trusted websites may still become infected or become targets of exploits or attacks. Users are also advised to keep their antivirus products updated, enable their firewall products, and enable the security features in their browsers. IntelliShield published 162 events last week, 65 new events, and 97 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service.
Visit www.cisco.com slash go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the legal risk management category. U.S. Internet service providers will prepare to begin notifying users who are detected sharing copyright-protected uh, files under a plan supervised by the Center for Copyright Information. The Internet service providers will initially alert the account holders of the illegal activity, and if the activity continues, uh, it may take additional steps. The plan is reported to focus on notifying users of the violations and educate them on digital copyright requirements. If users ignore the alerts, punishments could be imposed for the continued illegal activity. This issue of having service providers policing copyright violations has been hotly debated for years and has now reached a plan that might begin next month. This places a heavy burden on the service providers to not only monitor for this activity, but also to provide the alerts to the account holders. They arguably are in the best position to detect and manage the alerts and user accounts should additional actions be required. As many reports have noted, the enforcement of digital copyright protections has itself had some issues with misidentifying people not involved in the illegal activity and offering no means of recourse for those accused or impacted by punishments. As this begins next month, organizations should be aware of these alerts and respond to them appropriately if their accounts or networks are identified as being involved in illegal file sharing activity and not allow it to escalate to a punishment level. And next in the trust risk management category, medical devices have been reported to be widely infected with malware. The malware infection is reportedly due to the older unpatched operating system running on the devices. Medical organizations reported that the systems are often not updated to concern, uh, due to concerns over U.S. FDA um, certification and recertification requirements. In related activity, a researcher reported how a pacemaker implanted in a person could be manipulated to deliver a fatal electronic shock to the wearer. When pacemakers deliver an electronic shock, the drama can draw attention of researchers and manufacturers alike. Ideally, the manufacturers will respond with server updates as well as updates to the pacemakers. But what about the myriad of radiology devices, blood monitors, and other equipment that are, being, uh, that are running older, unpatched, or even unpatchable operating systems? The world-class uh, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston has 664 devices running old, unpatched Microsoft operating systems, and the manufacturer of the medical devices will not modify the systems because of FDA regulations. So the devices become susceptible to malware infection, and the malware controllers have a foothold into critical care facilities. Hopefully, the manufacturers, governments, and healthcare companies can come to an agreement as to the management of medical devices, and it won't take a dramatic drive-by electrical shock. The most realistic and mundane unplanned release of medical records will be the likely result. Many security and compliance organizations have pointed out that recertification is not an issue for patching these systems, yet the medical organizations are reluctant. At the very least, the FDA needs to address this issue and provide clearer guidance. And this week in the geopolitical risk management category. Following the failure of the U.S. Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act legislation this summer, attention has shifted to an expected White House executive order to be issued before the end of U.S. President Obama's term in January 2013. 
The order would be a stopgap measure meant to address vulnerabilities in critical infrastructure under the control of private industry by creating a set of voluntary standards, according to various reports. Many U.S. lawmakers opposed the plan, arguing that it may stifle economic activity by adding unnecessary layers of regulation. Adding to the public discourse on the pros and cons of enhanced government-led cybersecurity measures, U.S. Defense Secretary Leon Panetta pointed to recent attacks against Saudi Aramco and Rasgas of Qatar, as well as DDoS attacks against U.S. financial institutions, in arguing that the U.S. was at risk of a, quote, cyber Pearl Harbor. The pros and cons of national cybersecurity legislation and international discourse concerning transnational network interactions are complex and politically charged. Information security specialists who protect critical infrastructure on a daily basis know that we cannot wait for legislation or global treaties when it comes to defending our networks. Regardless of where the attack comes from or for what reasons, it's incumbent upon us to prepare for attacks by identifying unique vulnerabilities, uh, thinking through damage control scenarios, and evangelizing basic security practices. Part of this process includes keeping an eye on the global discourse and analyzing how it may impact the unique networks we defend. And also this week... UTELSAT transmission operations in Europe and the Middle East have been targeted in deliberate electronic interference, or jamming, uh, attacks since October 15th. UTELSAT has reportedly traced the malicious electronic interference to Syria. The attacks coincide with the date that UTELSAT announced it was terminating its contract with Islamic Republic of Iran broadcasting for channels broadcast on UTELSAT's Hotbird satellites. A previous jamming attack occurred on October 3rd and 4th and was also traced to Iran. This most recent attack reportedly interrupted signals to multiple countries across the Middle East and Europe, including Iran, Iraq, and the Ukraine. Broadcasters impacted included the British Broadcasting Corporation, Voice of America, Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, and the Middle East Broadcasting Networks. Social unrest and hostilities in Syria and the ongoing tensions uh, with Iran provide for an uncertain operating environment for organizations and individuals with operations in the Middle East and parts of Europe. Satellite, computing, and operating uh, networks and systems continue to experience collateral damage as certain factions conduct escalating attacks to disrupt the opposition's operations and operating tempo. Businesses and individuals with interest, assets, and personnel that rely on satellite broadcasts and network operations in the affected areas may consider the impact of a disruption of these services and review business continuity plans to mitigate the threat. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com go SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.